This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 101, submission number 759. The Punky Brewster episode where Punky and Henry go to the NLCS. That particular episode aired on NBC on October 21st, 1984. Here is where I would play the Punky Brewster theme song, but considering I don't want to get a copyright violation on our YouTube page, I'm just going to have this part before we recorded where Chico did a sort of acapella rendition of the Punky Brewster theme song. Enjoy! Every time I turn around, I see the girl who turns my world around, standing there. Every time. Well, Chico, when it's October, what do you think of? Uh, think of a lot of things. Comic Con. Pumpkin spiced everything, Halloween, and but my main uh, sort of vice in October is baseball. Oh yeah, championship the... baseball, especially now because as we record this, I'm watching the deciding game of the ALDS. Yes, between. By the, the way, it's yeah. still nothing to nothing. <laughs> Yeah, that tells you what point of the game we're at. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does. But back in the day, Mm -hmm. we only had, what, in the 1980s, we had just had just your LCSs, you had your two divisions, and then you had your World Series. You didn't have your wild cards back then. Oh, God, the wild, uh, you know what, if you ask me, it was a, bit of a it was a bit of a breather back then because i didn't have a wild card game where my blood pressure shot up about five points every time somebody from the other team homered oh yes yeah single elimination games yeah and i yeah and i have to watch that shit (laughs) but in 1984 we had a great story developing that year in Major League Baseball. The, oh, Chi- yes. the Chicago Cubs, who were the hapless losers who hadn't been to a postseason since 1945, under the leadership of general manager Dallas Green and manager Jim Fry, which, funny enough, both managers four years earlier were competing against each other in the World Series because Dallas Green was the manager in Philadelphia. Jim Fry was the manager of Kansas City. And in 1984, they went on to win the National League East for the first time in franchise history. And there were two big players that were responsible for that. First, Rick Sutcliffe. Yes. Rick star Sutcliffe. pitcher. Yep, star pitcher. Came over from the Cleveland Indians in the trade deadline. Now, guys, you all think that the trade deadline is now like July 31st. It's always been like that. No, no, no. Back in the day... June 15th was the trade deadline. So, yeah, before the All-Star break, Mm -hmm. the trade deadline was June 15th. And Rick Sutcliffe was on his way to Wrigleyville 
And he had an incredible run as soon as he came to the Cubs, going like 16-1 and and winning the National League Cy Young Award. Uh-huh. And then another player. Oh, would make, yes. Would make his impact in 1984. He was a young, up-and-coming second baseman who was traded from the Philadelphia Phillies. He was a prospect in his system, and he was traded to the Cubs because Dallas Green, being a former Phillies manager, had an eye on this kid. Ryan Sandberg. This guy? Let me tell you about this guy. Ryan Sandberg, he was pretty much the hero of the Cubs back in the in the early 80s. Oh, yes. The one famous game in June of 1984, which was a nationally televised game against the St. Louis Cardinals on the Sunday NBC game of the week. Now, remember, folks, we're spoiled these days. We got, like, your MLB TV, you have your games on ESPN, FS1, and TBS, and your yeah. regional sports network. And not to mention the MLB network, which at certain points of the season will go whip around a la the NFL Red Zone channel. So back in the day, you only had one shot to watch someone who is not from your local area on TV. And that mm-hmm. was the NBC game of the week. Or occasionally, maybe you got your Monday Night Baseball on ABC. But yeah, this was basically like you had only one or two sh- shots back then to watch a national televised game that was not featuring your team. Mm-hmm. And this was a big game in June between the Cardinals and the Cubs. And Ryan Sandberg in the ninth inning hits a big home run with two outs off Bruce Suter of the Cardinals, and the place goes wild. In the left center field and deep, this is a tie ball game. But no, no, it's yep. not done yet. Top, oh, of, wait. The ten- top of the 10th, Cardinals mm-hmm. score two runs. Same situation. Bottom of the 10th, Runners on first for the Cubs. Who's up? Ryan Sandberg. He does it again. In the mm-hmm. place. In- uh, but, and, and to quote the Harry Carey, that's a drive way back. Might be out of here. It is. It is. He did it again. He did it again. The game is tied. The game is tied. Holy cow. Listen to this crowd. Everybody's gone bananas. What would the odds be if I told you that twice Sandberg would hit home runs off Bruce Souter? Yeah, the place at Wrigley Field was going nuts that day. And the Cubs went on to win that game. And they would go on to, of course, as I mentioned, win the National League East. So they were on their way to the postseason for the first time since 1945. But... A great advantage came because, hey, NBC in 1984 had the World Series. And and around that time, they were debuting by, I I guess by happenstance, a new sitcom based in Chicago called Punky Brewster. A guy by the name of David Duclon. Yes, yes, the same David Duclon who creates... The past entry, Second Chance 1987, 
created another series. And you know this guy's genius. You know this guy thought this show was going to be a hit, and you know how I know? How? He put his... He put his uh, niece? Was it a niece? Was it a, is, is Cherry Johnson his niece? I don't know. Let me look. Yep. Cherry okay. Johnson was his niece. His, okay. Her uncle, her uncle was David Duclon. So, okay, that's good. So, And all of this is to say he knew what he wanted his show to be. And, uh, of course, Brandon Tartikoff, who was chairman of NBC at the time, he also knew what this show wanted to be. So the lead character is actually based on someone it from someone from Brandon Tartikoff's past. Really? I did yeah. not know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a second here. I, I had it. This is what I get for not printing out all of my stuff beforehand. Oh. So, so Punky Brewster was based off of a lady from Brandon Char- Tartikoff's past. A lady by the name of Peyton Punky Brewster. He had a crush on her. She was a tomboy, but, she, but he had a crush on her. So before the series ever got off the ground, he had to go find Peyton Brewster and sort of get her blessing to use her name. Can you imagine what would have happened if she rejected it? Television history would have been changed forever. Yeah, he would have had to have named it, I don't know, Punky Sanderford or something. Punky Sanderford. Yes, I just dropped the King of the Hill reference. So. This episode, called Take Me Out to the Ball Game, aired on October 21st, 1984. So this would would have been, like, right around the time I think the World Series was on NBC at the time? Just about the time, yeah. Um, Yeah, just about the time. Uh, At least a a good two, two and a half weeks after uh, after the NLCS in which this particular episode takes place. And here is how the story sets up. It's sort of a play in three acts. First act, we see Cherry's grandmother, Susie, played by Susie Garrett. She's watching Punky and Cherry, who are getting ready for Halloween. You think this is going to be a Halloween episode, right? But this is not a Halloween episode. No, 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 no. You'll find that out later because Punky and Cherry and Brandon, they're wearing their costumes. Cherry is Queen Cleopatra. Punky is Indiana Jones and Brandon. He's the first ever dog wizard. Is there anything Brandon can't do? Yeah, and I, I just love how he's how he's like, yup, I'm a wizard. And then he just sits on the cat in the chair like, yup, yep, I'm a wizard. Here I am, being all wizardry. Woof! Woof! Uh, but, yeah, he needs some magic because in comes Henry. He looks like he just owed Mr. T money and T came to collect. Oh my god, yeah, because he was at the box office at Wrigley Field trying to get playoff tickets for the NLCS. He did not get playoff tickets for the NLCS, did he? No, he didn't. In fact, he he said to everybody that he he was used like a battering ram. Uh, yeah, he was used as a battering ram to the box office because the guy in front of him got the last tickets. 
Oh, that stinks. It's your it's your typical sitcom sort of foil. We've seen it on this show. It'll rear its ugly head on Saved by the Bell again. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. As Mrs. Johnson asks, why didn't Henry get season tickets? And you're not going to believe this, Chico. Oh, boy. He had what? season. He had season tickets. He had season tickets. Yeah. He had season tickets for 38 losing seasons, and he thought, you know what? I've suffered enough misery. I'm not even gonna buy season tickets this year. And Chico, you're not gonna believe this. The one year he decides not to buy season tickets, mm-hmm. they go to the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Don't talk about. Playoffs? You kidding me? Yes, Jim Mora Sr., playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Okay, so they go to the playoffs. And now here's Henry uh, boo-hooing for a solid two, two and a half minutes about how he doesn't have tickets and how he wants to experience that playoff magic and how he wants Punky to experience that playoff magic. And it it sort of spills over into Act 2 almost because he's basically telling... What well, was telling Punky the story of the last time the Cubs were at were were in that. well they were in the World Series in thirty two. He was talking about the uh, at Game Three of the thirty two series. Yeah, the famous Babe Ruth called shot game. Oh yeah, and Punky is like the Babe who's she. Oh, no. At this point, you think to yourself, man, Punky has a lot of Punky power, but she doesn't know squadoosh about baseball. No. In fact, she asked, did they name the candy bar after him? Oh, boy. But, oh, Henry then comes up with an idea. Mm-hmm. He remembers that he was at the wedding of Chicago Cubs legend Ernie Banks' second cousin doing the photography. Even I didn't even know Ernie Banks had a second cousin. No, neither did I. But hey, Ernie Banks' second cousin, if you're listening to us, talk to us. Yeah. And but he remembers a moment he had with Ernie Banks at the wedding where he said to Ernie, some party, huh? And then Ernie said to him, Where's the dip? And then he showed him the dip. It was a crab dip. A crab dip, yep. And somehow, in Henry's mind, that made them buddies. So he decides, you know what? I'm going to call Ernie Banks and see if he can get me tickets. Yep. And so he did. Now, a normal person would think... How is this guy going to know this guy? I mean, it's not like Balky knowing somebody from from the Cubs on that one episode of Perfect Strangers. Or was it the Bulls? Yeah. Cubs, Bulls. It's Chicago. All it's blends Ch- together. Mm-hmm. So he calls Wrigley Field. That's how you know, you know what? Maybe this isn't going to end well. No. Hello? 
I'd like to speak to Ernie Banks, if you would be so kind. No, it's not in reference to playoff tickets. It's in reference to Ernie's second cousin. <laughs> Thank you. She's going to get him, I tell you. I can smell the peanuts now. Way to go, Henry. Ernie, long time no see. This is Hank. No, not Aaron. <laughs> Warnemont. Henry Warnemont. I photographed your second cousin's wedding back in 62, so how's it going, guy? <laughs> Warnemont. <laughs> Henry Warnemont. Don't you remember I showed you the dip? <laughs> the clam dip. Anyway, Ern, you think you could let a... Old buddy, get a couple of seats for one of the playoff games. Feel free to say no. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Ernie? And he calls Wrigley Field and asks to speak to Ernie Banks. Yep. Then he reminds him that he was at the wedding of his second cousin. You ask where the dip was? Warnemont! And then he hangs up on him. Wait, not before asking. So, hey, about those playoff tickets. Then he hangs up on him. It's called decorum, Greg. You ask, you do the deal, then you get hung up on. Yeah. Oh, well. But. All right, so we go back to the apartment. Henry's on the couch. He's got, like, an ice pack on his head. And then, because everybody knows that in this sort of situation, what you need is a radio. Yep. And you know why you need the radio? Why do you need the radio, Chico? Because when you're dealing with a sellout event of the year, of the century, of the decade, chances are a radio station will have a full boat of tickets just waiting to be given away. Yep. Oh, look! We have two tickets to the NLCS. The lucky 13th caller. Lucky 13th caller who can answer one trivia question. And it has to be a tough one. Oh, yeah. It, I, it, this has got to be a tough question. you got to figure that this is, if this is Cubs tickets, Chica, it's got to be like a question about the history of the Cubs. No, it, it's not necessarily about the history of the Cubs, believe it or not. What? It's, it's not about the history of the Cubs. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and this is one of those classic sitcom moments here, where you have this grizzled old guy and the kid who definitely knows better. So he try, he tries calling... On a rotary phone, because it's 1984, and George Gaines is old. Ha 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 get it. <sighs> this will be funny when he offers up his brownie to Punky later on in season two, probably. It's going to be a good episode, but it's not going to have a happy ending. Anyway, so he's got a rotary phone, he's dialing, and this, this is the thing I like. And, and this is uh, Broadcast Geek coming out of me. The number for the radio station he dials. Oh, yes, I know where, I know where you're going here. 555-WMAQ. Now, for those of you who don't know, WMAQ is the call letters of the NBC affiliate in Chicago. WMAQ-TV Chicago.
NBC5. And interestingly enough, there was a WMAQ in Chicago on the radio. Really? Yeah, from, it would make... Yep, from, from 1922 to 2000, the call letters 670 to score were WMAQ. Okay, yeah, because... Yeah, because NBC was still on radio around that time because of obviously WNBC radio, which of course later became WFAN when WFAN moved from 1050 to 660 in 88. Uh huh. And and here's the th- and here's another thing. You know who owned WMAQ radio? Who? NBC. Oh yeah, makes sense. In fact, they wouldn't divest to Group W until 1988, like you said. So, now that I've fully been humored in my radio geekness, let's talk about the phone call. Henry tries once. Busy signal. Henry tries again. Busy signal. Up comes Punky Brewster. She's like brushing her shoulders off, and she's all like... This phone is no match for Punky Power. Five, 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 W-M-A-Q. That's five, 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 nine, six, two. Wait a minute. Q wouldn't be on a, on a, on a thing. Well, I mean, whatever. The on a, on a rotary for, dial. Whatever the thing is for R. It was, yeah, there you go. So she dials up. Boom. First try. Ringing. Uh, so Henry, astonished, grabs the phone out of Punky's hand and proceeds to get the question. Oh, okay. What's the question? She Are you ready die. for the question? Are you I'm ready, ready for the question, Greg? I'm Are you ready, ready for the question? Oh, Here's I'm the ready. question. What Here's the it? question. Are you ready for the question? Okay. Here- okay. What is the windiest city in America. Oh, Chico, that's easy. I mean, come on. It's it's tickets for the Chicago Cubs in the National League playoffs. It's got to it's of course it's got to be Chicago. I mean, come on. It's the Windy City. The Windy City, you think it's Chicago? That is absolutely wrong. What? <laughs> yeah. It was Great Falls, Montana. Oh, what a giant tease. You te- you, you, you. Poor Henry. He's on the phone. This should be like the most gimme question ever. And he, get, and he gets screwed out of Chicago Cubs playoff tickets. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, but and, even, even worse. Oh, boy. Punky knew the answer to this question. Oh, yes, she did. Oh, no, that's not good. No. You know who else knew the answer to the question? The completely inconsequential, wacky super of the building, Eddie, played by Eddie Deason. Oh, yes, the great Eddie Deason. But he has an idea. What? What's the idea? Are you ready for this? Okay. He knows a scalper. Oh, no. You know already this is not going to end well oh it's no like anything on this show when we say it's not gonna end well it's not gonna end this is not gonna end well let's talk about lenny the looper 
played by the great Art Matrano, Lenny the Looper has two tickets. Just so happens to have two tickets to the NLCS. And because he likes children, he's going to sell them to Henry for $750. What? $750 in 1984 money. $750 in 1984 money. Oh, no, that's ridiculous. Come on. But he decides, you know what? After Punky says, you know, you know what? I'm sick and it would make my day if you were to give me those tickets. She just pretty much plays it up. Like, really, really plays it up. And Lenny the Looper lowers the price, and they're going to a ball game. One thing I want to mention before we go on to the ball game, Art Matrano, do you know what he, he's probably best known for to me? What's that? He played uh, Captain Mauser in Police Academy 2 and 3. I remember that. Yes, and and of course it makes sense because... I mean, come on, George Gaines, Commodore de Lasalle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you got you got two you got a additional police academy connection in this episode. You didn't think that would be. It's like you would think that would be impossible, but no. So okay, we're at the ball game. We're at the we're NLCS. At Wrigley, Wrigley Field. NLCS, October of 1984. We'll talk about which game exactly was what they were at in a moment, but here they are. There's stock footage. There's more stock footage. More stock footage. All the stock footage. I think you have, I think, don't you have enough stock footage of Wrigley Fields? I said more stock footage! Hey, there's some stock footage of Don Zimmer by the batting cage. But there's nobody in the stands that would totally be an inaccuracy. Put it in there! So, all, all and then and then you have the uh, sort of act three of the whole episode, in which Henry and Punky are on location. And if they're not on location in Chicago, then NBC, I, I don't give NBC enough credit. Oh yeah, they're def they're def I mean definitely in the, some of the shots they are on location in Chicago. Mm. Oh yeah. They're in like the close up of the stands where they're trying to find their seats, definitely in the studio. Okay, so they're they're going to find their seats. And oh boy. We got some trouble. Oh boy. Yeah, um how about this? There are two people in Henry and Punky's seats. Yes, but one of them is someone very special to us. Seats 119 and 120. How many trees in our seats? Not for long, they're not. Where are they? Wait there. Pardon me. <laughs> Sister. Yes? Sister Mary, I think I see Ryan Sandberg. Yes, it's number 23. Go, Rhino, go! <laughs> Excuse me, but I think we have a little oh, mix-up here. Oh, it's Leon Durham. Hi, 
I think, sister, that you and your sister-sister are sitting in our seats. Hey, I'm trying to watch batting practice. Now move it or lose it, Pops. Excuse me. That's not a very nice way to talk. If you don't be quiet, Henry will have to teach you some manners. Yeah? Is that right, Pops? You're going to teach me some manners? My daughter is young and impetuous. Anyone can see that when it comes to manners, you, sir, wrote the book. <laughs> Not a word in it over three letters. What did you say? I was admiring your shirt. Sir, I believe we are sitting in the proper seats, see? Oh, that's odd. We both have tickets for the same seats. One of us has fake tickets. You could be right, Punky. <laughs> You've been had, sister. My good man, we got our tickets from the Cardinal's office. Are you insinuating that his eminence was sold counterfeit tickets? It's one bone every minute. <laughs> hey, sister. Is this old geese hassling you? You want me to hit him for you? No, that won't be necessary, my son. But stay close. <laughs> I think that you should look at the date on your stubs. National League Championship, October 1884. <laughs> right seat, wrong century. <laughs> Boy, you can't trust Lenny the Loop. Who can you trust? Oh, gosh. This is where I'm... Okay, I'm about to give this sort of... This part of the podcast over to Greg, because he's about to fanboy out. Oh, yeah. One of the nuns that are sitting in Henry and Punky's seats is Bonnie Ursef. It's the young one, isn't it? Yep, the young one. Definitely. The young, sweet nun. Because obviously, as we all know, Bonnie Ursef is adorable. Because, of course she is. I mean, you've seen her in Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Yes. She and oh, you know what? She is an absolute doll in this scene too. It's like, oh. don't you think she's? Don't you think they've suffered enough? Yeah. And uh, Mother Superior, or Mother, sorry, Mother Superior. Ma- I've been watching. I've been watching Warrior Nine. Can't you tell? Okay. Mother Superior, the Mother Superior, who happens to be at the game with Body or Seth, looked at her like, Grandpa. Try, yeah. Trying to. Give up my seat, this 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 guy with his daughter who's tried her dying routine again. Body Ursuth, like an absolute darling, offers. Hey, excuse me, miss. You can sit on my lap if it helps. Oh, because Body Ursuth is a real one. Yeah, but oh, hold on, Chico. We have the biggest revelation that comes out of this. Henry tries to show the nuns that they're in the wrong seats, but oh my god, Chico, something Uh, wrong has happened. Something wrong has happened? Yes. We have something wrong here? Yeah, the tickets for Henry and Punky say National League playoffs, October 1884. Oh, you are a hundred years too late, my friend. Which I have a question here. 
the ticket taker who let them in did a very poor job. Now, obviously, okay. this this was before the days, obviously, when you could just scan a ticket and then they just determine if it was real or fake. Right. Thanks, yeah. Ticketmaster. This would never happen today if this was 2020. Let me. Well, you know what I mean. Uh huh. I mean, unless you live in Arlington, Texas. So we have all this stuff. And then there's this guy who obviously is sticking up for the nuns here. Oh yes, he's got and, like a, he's got like a what a torn up shirt with like holes in it, and it looks like it hasn't been washed in months. Uh huh. And he is he's and he's about ready to throw down. Oh yes, he's so, ready to go off on Henry. So uh, not wanting his butt kicked. He decides, you know what, fine, I'll go. But Punky, because she is of the Punky power, she notices that, hey, there's some seats down on the field that nobody's sitting next to. I'm going to take a look at those seats. It just so happens that she asks one of the players, now, she doesn't know it was one of the players, but she asked, hey, is anybody sitting here? Can we sit here? And they said, like, you know what? Okay. So, Punky, who ran off to Henry after all of that, goes back to Henry. Because remember, Henry was spending about a minute or two looking for Punky in a, in a uh, sort of... Stock footage burst. Punky finds Henry and says, I found seats! Oh, that's a relief. So Punky leads Henry to the seats. More stock footage. All the stock footage. Give me stock footage. Oh, yes. Actually, when we see them in the dugout, one of the Cubs players you see in the dugout is actually uh, Jay Johnstone. Sadly, at the time of recording this, we're recording this on October 9th, he recently passed away about two weeks ago. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, you might know Jay Johnston best as one of the Seattle Mariners in the Naked Gun. Jay Johnstone. Johnstone. What All right, let's see if that uniform's on straight. Get back here. Let's see you on the shirt. Well, you should take a large one. That little tight in the crotch. Swing. All right. All set. Okay, play ball. So Punky and Henry watch the game from the dugout. Yes. Best seats in the house. And it just so happens that Jay Johnstone's there signing. Uh, a little cub guy. A little cub guy. And now, cue all the stock footage. More stock footage. Oh, by the way, guess who shows up? Ernie uh, Banks. Ernie Banks. In yes. stock footage. Yes. And not only that, but Ernie Banks signs Punky's little Cubs man in the dugout. So I guess and Ernie and Henry got a little chat in the dugout, and they reminisced on the wedding of his second cousin. Now, according to our good friends at baseball-reference.com, now this is where it sort of, sort of kind of goes off the rails here, because Rick Sutcliffe 
was pitching game one, right? Yes, he was pitching game one of the NLCS. But one of the but one of the uh, clips shows Steve Trout pitching. Steve Trout pitched game two. Yes. And of course, we do see a clip because Rick Sutcliffe homered in game one. Yes, yeah, this, this was back when pitchers could hit. Yeah, because we're about to soon lose the DH in the National League. So, yeah, that's going to be a sight we're going to not see again, probably. Very sad. Sorry. Yeah, and one of the clips, you see a clip from a Padres game against the Braves where Craig Nettles, I think, singles through the right side, and you can clearly tell it's in Fulton County Stadium. That? Uh, wait, huh? Yeah. You 20, can't... 20, Why? 2253. I don't know, Chico. It's 1984. Everyone has SD video. They have fuzzy televisions. They probably think at NBC nobody's going to know the difference between Wrigley Field and Fulton County Stadium. Yeah, no one's going to know the difference between... Nobody's going to know the difference. Find some Padres footage, splice it in. Nobody has to know. I do, and just keep your head low. I am not going to lose my job to Brandon Tartikoff today. Yeah. Nobody has to know. But the good news is, Chico, the Cubs do win the game. They do. Just don't know which game it was. But it doesn't matter because if you look at the records for the the 84 NLCS, the Cubs won both home games. Yeah. Now, guys, you got to remember, 1984 was the final year that the league championship series was a best of five. It wouldn't go best of seven until the following year in 1985. So they played in 84, two games at Wrigley Field and the remaining three games at Jack Murphy Stadium, which seems really weird that you would give, like, both home games at first to, like, the lower seed. Baseball at 84 is weird. Yeah, because I think when they did, when they first did the, uh, when they, well, the Division Series first was a thing in 81 due to the strike. But, I mean, when they brought it back when they did the realignment in 94, and they added the Division Series... When they at least first started, I think it was uh, the lower seed had two games at home and the higher seed had the final three games. Yeah. It was at least until like 98, I think. So the Cubs won the first two games at Wrigley. And then... Then the Padres decide to show up. Yeah. Steve Garvey hits a big ninth inning home run off Lee Smith in game four. And then... uh, Cubs totally collapse in game five. Yep. Yeah. Leon Durham gets a ground ball through his legs. Yeah. You know what the sad part about that whole thing is? There isn't any footage of Bonnie or Seth cheering for the whole games three through five. Terrible. No. No. Terrible. I wanted to see her the stands at Jack Murphy Stadium. By the way, Jack Murphy Stadium soon to be demolished. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Moment of si- moment of silence. Moment gone. Yeah, Padres would go on to win the NLCS, but they'd go on to lose the World Series to the Detroit Tigers, who were a runaway train in 1984. 
They were yeah, Jack Morris, like Willie Hernandez was like the MVP, the closer for the Tigers that year. Like his probably like one good year of note. Yeah, and Kirk Gibson, Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker. Detroit in the eighties was a city on the rise. Yep, I mean you got you had the Pistons, or with the Bad yeah, Boys, the, the Tigers. Well, the Red Wings, eh, it wouldn't get yeah. good until, like, what, Scotty Bowman in the 90s. The Lions were actually somewhat decent. And, of course, Magnum with his Detroit Tigers hat. Oh, yeah. Can't forget doing what doing, doing what Jay-Z did with the New York Yankees hat. Yeah, nobody rocked the Tigers hat as good as Tom Selleck in the 80s. And, by the way, at the credits, they do credit the Chicago Cubs. Nice. Yeah, the Cubs, they'd fall short in 1984, and it'd be a little while. There'd be some spots here and there, 89, falling short to the Giants, 98. 98, they got to the wild card of the year. Sammy hit 66. 03, well, you all know what happened in 03. Yeah, we don't talk about 03. No. Until 2016, of course, where the Cubs finally broke that. Flew the, the Cubs finally flew the W. Yep, they finally threw, flew the W in honor of probably Steve Goodman and I like to believe Punky Brewster and Harry Carey. Oh, to be a baseball fan in Chicago. We have to thank this incredibly heartwarming show this incredibly you-gotta-believe team in the Cubs to give us an otherwise forgettable thing on TV. That's right. And, of course, where else can you go? You can go to itwasathingontv.com. You can find all the past episodes of our show there. All 100 of them. All 100. This is 101. Mm Mm-hmm. Not 101 Dalmatians, but 101. Yep. But yeah, you can go there. And of course, every week we do have a drop at Place to Be Nation Pop. So you can find some of our past episodes along with a lot of other great shows at Place to Be Nation there. And of course, I mean, Place to Be Nation Pop, I don't want to forget this. They do have a baseball show on Place to Be Nation Pop, Diamond Conversations, which actually, Chico... They actually do get a lot of good guests. They actually had yeah. they actually had Preston Wilson on recently. Okay, so that does it for this episode. We had a lot of fun talking about Punky Brewster. By the way, Chica, what do you think Brandon was doing during the game? He was probably reenacting the scene from Mr. Ed where uh, Mr. Ed hit homers off of various various pitchers. Yeah. Probably thinking about, man, wouldn't it be great if I hit a home run off Rick Sutcliffe? I want to hit a. I was like, I want to hit a home run off Rick Sutcliffe. Yeah, and and then and then and then I want to run the bases. Yeah, yeah, and, and then and then I want to lick my I want to lick my own anus. <laughs> oh jeez, no, Chico. No, this is what Brandon yeah. would probably say after running the bases. Woof, woof. You're forgetting. Right. Brandon can do anything. 
Yeah. Anything. So that does it for now. And we'll see you next time right here with another thing on TV. Let's get something going.